All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Left of Greg podcast. I am your host, as usual, Brian Marin. Uh, today on the podcast, we have a couple awesome guests with us. So, of course, we always have Mr. Greg Williams, who the podcast is affectionately named after, uh, Left of Greg. And then on here uh, tonight, we have two folks from the Carry the Load organization. We have Debbie Wright, who is the executive director of the Carry the Load uh, organization. And we have uh, Hallie Huggins, who is also a board member uh, with that, and they do a lot of work. So the Carry Load organization is a nonprofit. Uh, they provide you know, uh, honor and support and celebrate sacrifices made to our nation's heroes, veterans, first responders, families. Uh, they both have super uh, awesome, impressive uh, backgrounds and resumes. And so we're thankful to have them on for one and thankful for the work that they do with Carry the Load uh, Foundation. Uh, it was a really cool um, organization. I know we got introduced to a couple of years ago, maybe even now, Greg, uh, yeah. through a mutual friend of ours, uh, Cody Banders, a former Navy SEAL who's on our advisory board. And so, you know, I, we're aware of what the mission is, but rather than me butchering it, I'll let you guys kind of talk about that. So we'll start, I think, maybe with uh, uh, Debbie, uh, the executive director. If you want to tell us a little bit about uh, the, the carry the load and what it is that you do and what the overall mission of it is, and then we'll kind of go from there. And then, Hallie, we can talk about your uh, super, super badass background and what you bring to the organization as well. So, so I'll, I'll stop there before I, uh, before I say anything, uh, uh, you know, it, anything bad or wrong, and I'll let you take it from there, Debbie. Thank you. Well, it's a privilege to, to be with you guys today. Um, so Care the Load was started in 2011, and it was started by two veteran Navy SEALs. And after they came off the teams, they had experienced a lot of loss in combat. And they rolled up on Memorial Day weekend, and Clint Bruce um, was at a Memorial Day weekend party and looked around and realized no one understood what Memorial Day was about. So out of frustration, he left that party. He strapped on a backpack and walked around a local lake here in Dallas. And as he was walking around the lake, he came upon a guy that he said was probably World War II or Korean War uh, veteran, and the gentleman said to him, son, who are you carrying? And at that moment, everything just fell into place for him. He realized that's exactly what he was doing. He was carrying the memories of his friends that he had lost. So he met up with another uh, teammate, uh, Stephen Holly, and said, we need to do something. So the following year, um, in Memorial Day 2011, they started an event here locally in Dallas that was a 20-hour, 11-minute walk. And it was literally to, you know, walk for those who were no longer here to walk. And um, right in the beginning, they decided that they wanted to also include first responders. And we know that first responders is not really what Memorial Day is about. But they said, you know, we can't go overseas and do what we do if we don't have somebody here protecting us on the home front. So that has grown um, over the years to also include a national relay. In um, 2012, we started East Coast Relay from West Point, New York to Dallas. And then in 2016, we added the West Coast Relay. And then this year, we're going to add a Midwest route to the relay. And so it's become a Memorial May campaign for us to bring awareness into honor our nation's heroes. And then, of course, we still have the same event over Memorial Day weekend here in Dallas um, to restore the true meaning of Memorial Day. Okay, that was... Uh... An incredible story, and I'm so glad you told it versus me. I would have butchered it. And when you told that story about him, literally with 
carrying the load. Like I, I got chills just hearing that when he came up and said, what are you carrying? I'm, I'm about to, my voice is about to start cracking. That that's absolutely incredible. So, um, totally incredible story. <clears throat> Great mission that you guys have. I know I followed it kind of last year online with what you guys were doing. And so I'm sure I'll be tagging along this year, just checking in and, and seeing how it's going. So, uh, thank you for that, uh, for that explanation and introduction to what you guys do. So, Next, we'll go to Hallie. Uh, you can kind of talk about your uh, involvement with it, but real quick, uh, uh, Hallie, I don't know kind of where to start because uh, you have more achievements in your in in your your lifetime than most people would have in several, uh, including you know West Point, uh, a Blackhawk Kilo pilot, uh, you know supporting special operations, you know air medals, uh, you know highly competitive J.P. Morgan Chase program afterwards uh so I, I don't know where to start uh, other than that but uh you know what i guess you can go ahead and talk about how you got involved with carry the load and and what i guess what it means to you or how you relate to it yeah absolutely so um once again greg and brian thanks again for having us on today um but i actually became involved with carry the load is pretty much immediately after i transitioned out of the military um that's when i joined jp morgan chase and Jim Morgan Chase is a title sponsor and has been for the past four years. This is going on the fifth year. Um, so back in 2015, and it's been near and dear to my heart for many reasons, but one story that I always tell is that my, if you guys don't know, when you go through flight school, me being a previous helicopter pilot, you have a stick buddy, someone who is your right-hand man, woman, and they go through everything with you. And so... Uh, after flight school, I deployed almost immediately, and my stick buddy, RJ, has deployed a few months after I did, and he actually volunteered for the advance party to go into country, and he was hit by a, an IED, and so he died pretty much two days after after he entered country, and so I carry his memory along with tons of other memories now since, you know, Carry the Load expands every year. We have many new people that join, and it's fascinating and really inspiring to hear their stories and how they're moved. And, you know, this year we're going through the Midwest, and it's just, it's unreal. And we're super excited that we're finally able to go through the Midwest. That, that, that's awesome. And, yeah, so just a shout-out, always, anytime I meet any type of pilot, I, I always want to shake their hand or say thank you because as me running around on the ground, there's nothing better than any type of air support that you can get. <laughs> and it is a good feeling when, when that voice comes over the radio and you hear that bird or you hear that that, that, uh, that fixed wing go overhead. You're just like, okay, uh, everything – this situation is a little chaotic, but I think it's going to be okay now. And, and so that you, you, you know – having that mutual support. Anytime I meet a pilot, I'm always like, Hey, really appreciate what you do because you definitely help your, you know, your brothers and sisters helped me out in some, some horrible situations that could have gone much worse. So, so I, I understand the, the mission and, and what you guys are behind. And it really kind of, you know, I, I, I get the, I like anything with, uh, um, you know, that really hits home with just a simple message, right? So carry the load. It's like, well, man, that's, that's, that's that's brilliant. It's so simple. It's brilliant because that's exactly what it is for those, uh, whether it is military or law enforcement, especially. And, and I'm glad you brought that up, Debbie, that they include it because, you know, you look at last year in 2018, you know, you talk about resiliency and taking care and carrying the load. Well, you know, more police officers died from suicide 
than they did in the line of duty. So, so this is what we're all talking about. And, and that or one of the, one of the issues that we're talking about, about carrying the load, those guys were carrying a load that they, they, they couldn't carry or they felt that they couldn't carry anymore. So that whole, that's why I personally just like the name carry the load because man, it just, it just hits home. Cause you're, yeah, some guy, some, some men and women are, are literally walking around with, with the weight of those memories, those experiences on their shoulders. And, and to do that in a literal sense to, you know, uh, uh, to talk about the symbolism behind it is, is really cool with your organization. And I know, Greg, you probably have, have some more to add to that. Well, first of all, Hallie, shout out to the international crowd. Uh, one of the cool things is I'm sure that everybody on the call today has chewed some of the same ground. And uh, in previous pumps to Afghanistan, Brian and I were there during one uh, situation when the ISAF leader was uh, Australian uh, GO, was the CO. And uh, I know that you work closely with the Australians, and i got to tell you, their commitment to counter-ID was second to none. It was top-notch all the time. And so thank you for your commitment there. Uh, One thing that immediately hit me, Brian, and I want to make sure that we can talk about this. Uh, Anybody that knows Clint Bruce, and I've known Clint Bruce for a while, uh, Clint Bruce is a man mountain, and and uh, he always bites off more than he can chew, but somehow he eats it. Uh, how can I get involved? How can the average person get involved? Because firemen do the stairs in memory of 9-11 and carry the load. Just imagining Clint could carry a, a Volkswagen, I, I believe it's a Volkswagen, <laughs> in his rock. And we've all got, everybody's got PTSD. Everybody tunes in our broadcast, I know it does, and it's hard not to break out into tears for those that we lost. How do we get involved just at street level? Can, can you help me out with that? Yeah. Not for either so Debbie or Helen. Actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, one, you know, we have the national relays going, starting at Seattle, going down the, the West Coast and East Coast. We actually have rallies in Boston, and then the relay kicks off at West Point Cemetery and travels down. And then, again, we have the Midwest. And you can find all those route details at carrytheload.org. But – in addition to that, you know, we have cities and local communities that pop up their own rally because they want to get involved and they want to honor those that they've lost. And, you know, for those that aren't near a rally city, sign up, put your name out there, you know, make your, make your name count that, you know, you're out there honoring the Americans, firefighters, policemen, first responders, all those that are sacrificing for us and just spread the word. I mean, that's our mission. We want people you know, to have an active way to honor our men and women. And, and Debbie, I, I found that the, the website was quite easy to navigate, and there was a lot of inspirational stories and, and background. I've, I've never uh, had the, the uh, luck of meeting Stephen yet. Uh, I'll be down in Dallas uh, for some training, and I've uh, given some training in a couple of weeks. Hopefully uh, uh, during that time I'll be able to see him. And like Brian said, Cody is a, a good friend of ours and a staunch supporter of the program. But how do we get to the, the site, and where is the site the appropriate place to, to log on and sign in if we want to take involved? And can we do it, even though it's just a month and a few weeks out, can, is there still time? Yes, there's plenty of time. And as Hallie said, go to the website at carrytheload.org, and you can look under events, and then you can look at the National Relay, you can look at rallies, or you can look at the Dallas Memorial March, kind of whichever area you're in and where you would like to be involved. And I think it does do a pretty good job of laying it out. We actually have the um, turn-by-turn of the relays that if mm-hmm. you know where we are every five miles, you can download that and look at the spreadsheet and see, oh, this goes by my house or this goes three miles from where I work and come out and join us. We do want people to register. There's, it does not cost anything to register, but we would like to have people register so that we can measure impact. 
so we know how many people are participating. So um, I think it's pretty easy on the website, but obviously you can also email us at contact at carrythelaw.org, and we're happy to direct somebody specifically if they have a question. That's great. And I noticed also on the, the site that you had uh, links so uh, uh, I could get media uh, news. Uh, there was uh, uh, frequently asked questions. So uh, just about every, everything somebody would need to get started is on the site. Uh, Hallie, another shout-out to West Point. Uh, I worked hard to get a primary candidacy to West Point. I was accepted, and then uh, my advanced critical thinking skills tanked. And uh, in, in six months, I was married, uh, my wife was pregnant, and I was in basic training. So <laughs> things things happened quite quickly uh, during that period of my life. That, that and escalated that was all quickly. during my senior year in high school. Uh, so uh, – uh, things things uh, which, went sideways, which, right? Which was only which was only a few years ago, right? Yeah, Greg? exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, and uh, my my uh, dad, uh, first uh, uh, first Marine Division Raider Battalion, World War II, uh, never forgave me. Uh, I I joined the Army, and uh, my primary reason to join the Army was because they're the only ones that had an enlistment bonus, and now I had an instant family uh, just to add water. And so my 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 father uh, drove me down and. I went into the Marine Corps recruiter, and the Marine Corps recruiter said, first of all, you know, it's not a given. You might not be a Marine. And the second thing is we don't pay. It's an honor to be a Marine. And I was out of that room boot scooting boogie. Uh, but uh, the Army was like, come in, welcome, and we have all the money. <laughs> yeah. And so that's literally why I joined there. Uh, but uh, uh, to, to speak about my lack of advanced critical thinking, Brian and I uh, uh, and, and Arcadia and our entire team and I apologize, Shelly couldn't be on the broadcast tonight. We're all about training, and the, and the two top uh, things that we train uh, uh, when we're teaching situational awareness is right in the wheelhouse of our discussion today. And yeah. the, the first is resilience, and that's the, the ability, the capacity to, to be able to quickly recover from any difficulty and, 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 and inure the mental toughness. And the second is uh, what I was just speaking about, the advanced critical thinking. And while critical thinking is, is uh, self-corrective thinking, uh, uh, requiring some self-discipline and, and yourself to check in and monitor. Advanced critical thinking is literally being able to predict and overcome likely confounds, uh, uh, external arousal uh, situations that are going to face us in the near future, and, and literally to think out our problems, to, to, to outthink and have the tactical edge in all situations. And it's not easy, and human beings think it's going to be easy, and then all of a sudden something happens in their life, and the next thing that you know, and Brian, you, you touched on it with suicide. Uh, 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 suicide seems uh, a very quick uh, result. It's like cutting yourself. Cutting doesn't do any good. I can't get somebody to talk to, and now everything seems overwhelming, and, and somebody told me, hey, listen, that's a permanent solution to a, a problem that's only uh, temporary but you're not in my shoes right now at this time in this place. So all that overwhelming stuff that's happening, I think one of the keys is that there's always outreach. There's always somebody on the other end of a phone that wants to listen to you or somebody that will take that, that, that hump with you and talk while you're walking around the lake with Clint Bruce and say, hey, listen, I can understand. I might not be in your shoes, but I can understand uh, the things that are going on with you. So resilience, uh, we, we liken it to the Chumbawamba song. I get knocked down, but I get up again uh, uh, because there's always somebody to knock you down. There's always something out there that's going to surprise you and catch you off guard, uh, whether it's financial or family or, or uh, an old injury or, or the, the, the inability to process information uh, because you're under substance abuse or a non-diagnosed uh, mental health uh, requirements, whatever it is. And, and uh, uh, the advanced critical thinking part, 
seems like it's too hard. I mean, I, I can't figure out how I'm going to get through today, more or less plot out what I'm going to do the next couple of weeks. So to me, Brian, when you were talking about carry the load and, and literally what it meant to you, to me, it's just an extension of the work that we do training people. Look, we've trained every tier one organization. We've trained in 53 countries. We've trained all different types of people, but there's still a bunch of people out there that don't know how easy it is to take that first step uh, to self-help. And, and carry the load is a huge uh, uh, area where they could meet other people that are in a similar situation. And, and Greg, I think that's part of what carry the load does in terms of their their awareness portion of, of what it is that you do so i and maybe you guys uh, either one of you could could elaborate maybe a little bit on all right what is the goal of carry the load what is it you're specifically trying to do and then how is that actually done i know because i know you guys have been fairly successful you know over in a short amount of time in terms of money raise and what you're doing so so what is that that ultimate goal with with, with what you're doing well you know, when it was started, it was really looking at the, the divide, right? The less than 1% that serve versus the 99% that don't and trying to connect those groups of people and get the understanding there. We have developed, we have three programs now. So there, there are other things other than just the awareness program, but that's the thing we're really focusing on this time of year because that's what brings people together, mm-hmm. what brings the healing. And, you know, I would love for Hallie to talk about what that feels. I'm not a veteran, so she can talk about how it feels from a veteran standpoint. But I know it has been a very humbling experience for me to come out. I feel like I'm, I'm a patriot. And so to be amongst people that have served, um, it's a humbling experience every day. I cry all the time because of the stories. But it's also wonderful to be around people that have that service above self attitude after they've gotten out. They're not still serving, but they're still serving. And so it's really a privilege for me to see that. And I hope that at our events that, that from the veteran side, that they see that a lot of people just like me care, we care. We just don't know how to express that. And I think carry the load gives an avenue for that. So Hallie, I don't know from your side, how you would feel or, or about that. Yeah. So I think it, it's, it's two sided. I mean, you have your veterans that come out and that, that's, that could be an out for them to share their stories when where they didn't know, they didn't have another avenue to do so. But at the same time, it's also a platform for those that, you know, they don't know how to give thanks and honor. So they come out and they listen to the stories because they, they just don't know. And then they, they become aware, they hear the stories, they, they realize all the sacrifices that are going on from these men and women and their families, you know, on the home front. Um, but from a veteran perspective, I just – it's unreal to hear not just, you know, other veterans or other firefighters, but their family speak on their behalf and, and see their loved ones firsthand recoup from whatever they're expressing, whether it's PTSD or anything that they went through. But it's just everyone has a different story, and it resonates with everyone that comes out. And it's just it's a big family that comes together, and it's a beautiful feeling. And I think you see the best of America. When you're walking across the relay, you see the best of America. You see the best of Americans. And, you know, I think it's, it's a beautiful thing as well. Well, and not to bash the news media, but I'll be the first one to put my foot firmly in my mouth. But the, the biggest problem is that we live in an incredible country. And we are head and shoulders above the rest. And right now I'm going to get bashed for that by saying, oh, he's, he's uh, uh, you know, being uh, loving America. The biggest argument I recently got into 
was with a person at an airport. Brian and I travel a lot to teach. Our, our, our crew is very rarely in the same place at one time. And it was somebody saying, Veterans Day, Memorial Day, ah, these soldiers get all these benefits, and they get all they should be glad about America. And, and I took a little umbrage with that. So the first part was that uh, Memorial Day and being able to understand carry the load is all about bringing back what Memorial Day is really all about, and, and it's not one of the other holidays. And then the second part is that if all you read and listen to is bad news, trust me, there's a lot of good news out there. And all you need to do is get up and go to an event like this and, and take part in any small way, just showing up, just cheering on somebody that's carrying uh, uh, the load, carrying somebody else is enough to, to, to reinvigorate your love of America. I'm a huge patriot, and, and I don't like anybody America bashing. And so I only uh, 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 will surround myself with people that legal, moral, and ethical and that are uh, pro-America. And this is, this is one of those things that's, that's hometown America at its finest, I feel. Yeah, and Debbie, I, I, I like what you said. And, and, I mean, Hallie, you reiterated about kind of bridging that gap, getting to, to people and getting other people out, right? Because there are a lot of people that, that do – feel that same way or want to honor it or understand and respect what it's about. Cause that was the, that was always a joke when, when someone would be like, Oh, you know, happy Memorial day. I was like, this is a horrible day. Like, this is not a happy day for me. Like I am just thinking about, you know, all the names in my phone that I just, I can't delete even though they're not around anymore. You know what I mean? It's like, this is not, this is not good, but, but it, but, but bridging that gap, like you said, and getting people involved and getting families involved yep. and getting oh, the whole community. I, I, that's what's good and it's it's uh it's just that that one day for everyone to kind of remember like wait a minute we have a we have a really good thing going it's fragile and we don't know where it's headed you know it's like what what you know when someone asked ben franklin hey what kind of government did you guys come up with he said a republic if you can keep it you know what i mean and and that's the whole point is that we, hey that this stuff was was our, was fought for and people shed their blood for so let's not just forget that, you know, we get, cause everyone does, we're, we're, we're human beings. So we got a limbic system that cares about us and us only. And we get yep. really selfish. I don't care who you are. We all care about number one. And so we forget about everything else that's going on in the world sometimes. And, and then of course, some of the news media doesn't help, but that's the thing I like. Cause there's always people that say, Hey, what I, I come across that quite often is people, you know, well, what can I do? Or, or, Hey, how do I pay my respect or, or how do I get involved in something? Because, Hey, I didn't maybe serve myself. I wasn't a, a law enforcement or firefighter or military, but, but I, I do feel strongly that they should be supported. And, and they are very supportive. There's no matter what their political ideology is supported in general of, of what we have here. And I, and I like that, that, that aspect of, of how you guys do that. So have you, what is your experience with that? What is the, I mean, the, do you get people that are just don't even know anyone in the military, don't even know any law enforcement or first responders that want to get involved? Does that happen? It has happened. Uh, we've met a couple of people that have said, you know what, we, we just, in my world, we don't have a lot of people that are even familiar with military. Can you help us? And I have found they really do, again, they want to get involved. I think the other thing is, you know, I was a child during Vietnam. And so coming off of the Vietnam era, there was a period of time where there wasn't any big war. Everybody was, there was a lot of, of unhappiness in America. Let's mm -hmm. So there was a group of men and women in that time period that then did not serve. And I think that as we've gotten older, I've heard this by numerous men, particularly that said, I didn't serve. And they're almost ashamed that they didn't serve. 
And so they get involved because they want to give back. And it's, you know, it was just the times of when things happened. And once Vietnam was over, people weren't going, oh, let's go join the military. It's just what was going on in America. And so I think we have provided some healing and an avenue for them to feel like they're giving back and appreciating people that did serve. So, hey, Maren, what I want to go to Hallie again, but what's that uh, in, in part of my PTSD is my uh, my short term my working memory is completely destroyed so i have to go to Marin, who's my external hard drive and ask him stuff hey do you remember that warning when the helo's coming in too low and stuff is going really bad and that female voice came on and said impact imminent low altitude <laughs> yeah, yeah. low altitude well, the alarms are going off okay you could hear so, it yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm remembering that up. my headset Pull looking up. around. Exactly. Pull up. You're like, that's so, not good. I'm not a pilot, but that doesn't sound good. <laughs> so just having you on the broadcast, Hallie, is hard mentally for me because uh, uh, Shelly reminds me all the time, all the best pilots are female, all this, you know, and we've got this this infighting that's going all the time. You know? <laughs> and so if Shelly was here right now, my head would be pushed out of the screen and she would jump in to do exactly that. Yeah, it yeah. had to be a, a tough road to hoe, though, because – most of the time, uh, uh, the average American citizen uh, doesn't uh, connect that females have almost every single role in combat now, and, and certainly in pilots and certainly in combat zones. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I remember uh, uh, maybe 30, 35 years ago, it wasn't even close to that. But now, anytime that we go outside the wire, uh, we're in either direct support or, or at least uh, uh, aided uh, by a female. So what, what was that road like? Well, before I get started, I, I will give credit. My mom and um, a lot of other female role models, they were one of the first few hundred female helicopter pilots in combat. So they kind of oh, wow. um, led the way in that aspect. That's so great. huge thanks to them, and they are phenomenal. Um, but female in combat, I mean, I have a ton of friends that are still in, still pilots, women that are in, in ranger units and they want to be there. They want to be in the fight, and they're excited to be in the fight, and I just think it's an amazing thing that they're able to do that today. So I'm not sure if I answered your question. Well, you're, you're getting there. You're almost yeah. there because that's exactly what I wanted to hear, and I'm so moto right now that I want to go re-enlist. I'm only you know, 40 <laughs> years too old. But, uh, and, well, I, I probably could still do the run as long as they gave me a week in which <laughs> and drove me to most of the waypoints. You know there's, what I'm saying? The old 12-mile EIB road march would take me 12 days. But, but Hallie, what about your story? Everything. Yeah, thank yeah. you. <laughs> what about your story? What, what were some of the hardships that you found that made you more resilient, that made you get back and stay in the game? Well, I would say I grew up with two brothers and a, mm-hmm. and a dad who did not let up. He pushed me to my furthest you know, point, me to do my best. And, you know, I've that mental toughness that you talk about, right. I, you know, had that instilled in me from a very young age all the way through the military. So I don't like to brag, but I could out push up most of the guys. <laughs> so I had that going for me. Um, but, you know, being a, I, I, I feel super blessed that I was able to fly in the army and support as many people as I possibly could because, you know, they're the ones on the ground doing the hard fight. I'm just there putting them there and taking them back home. But, I mean, I just – I learned from them just as much as they learned from me. So it was, it was an amazing experience, and we all were in it together, one team, one fight. So, you know, we helped. Absolutely. All absolutely. So. 
Yeah, no, and it's it's funny that you you brought it up too, Greg, and and I've I've had firsthand experience of it when we were in uh, a situation where we had air support sent out to us. We had you know uh, middle of night uh, suicide bomber just blowing himself up, but we were okay. A couple buddies injured, but like real minor stuff. That's actually where I patented what I later called the combat diaper, which was an application for a bleeding injury that I had to do, which I thought it was pretty cool. But anyway. The situation kind of was escalating. We're trying to find more people. We had air support up. And then, you know, guys were getting pretty heated. You know, things were getting a little chaotic. And you, everyone was ramping up. Despite what was happening on the ground, people were still just kind of getting really amped up. And then we had that F-18 flew overhead. And over the radio, it was a, it was a female pilot. And all of a sudden, it went from everyone up here. It just, the situation just, just slowly calmed yep. down. And just, they just talked normal. And I was like, that one that one factor right there led directly to everyone just being, all right, let's cool our heads a little bit. Let's make some good decisions. Let's not make this situation any worse than it needs to be. And it was literally just like, it was like the coolest thing. I was like, wow, that, that had such a huge impact on this group of guys. It was, it was pretty, pretty interesting to, to see that, that dynamic change. So, I mean, well, that, I, I think that, sadly too, it, it brings out the best in us and makes us more mature. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I've never been introduced to emotional maturity. I've read about it. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm trying You've seen it before. Yeah. But it's a 12 step program for me. But, uh, one of the great things is that, uh, during police pursuits and, uh, I, you know, I draw from a military and a police background and, uh, not a military police, no, no harm, no foul, but that wasn't my job. And, uh, I met Shelly, uh, during police work. And so, uh, here we were on, uh, you know, she was, uh, eight miles and, and we're working in, in Detroit and, uh, the Detroit metropolitan area was quite, uh, non-permissive let's say during that <laughs> period of time and so you know you're getting in pursuits and foot pursuits and shootings and stuff and so i'd be on the radio and i'm just eating my microphone and trying to direct everything and out of the car and everything and then Shelly would get on the radio and say charlie 51 dispatch i have a vehicle you know fleeing from me and shots are being fired uh please notify that and i'm going who is that because you know men we we have it right up in front and we're moving shooting communicating and then uh, I, I just love it that uh, Shelly was able to grasp the situation, calm things down, and, and uh, she's our CEO, and she's also the best instructor because when we yeah. get in there, we're all crying like babies, and during the, the scenarios, we're getting all mixed up, and Shelly is honestly, that, that post, that, that, that single defining moment that can calm us down. I, I met Brian walking around in Iraq looking for some good terrain. Uh, there was none uh, under the, I think it was the McChrystal plan back then, Marin. And uh, then I, I uh, met him a number of times in Iraq. Then I went back to Pendleton, and Marin was teaching at the Infantry Immersive Training there and teaching some Marine skills and then, you know, also as a scout sniper. Then I went to Afghanistan where they said, oh, we'll never go to Afghanistan. I remember uh, General Conrad from the Marines saying, well, we'll that's not our man. mission. We're not going. And in a week I had my bags packed and I'm in Afghanistan, and I saw Marin again there. So we have this close-knit group of people that we just kept running into each other on the same terrain in like the worst possible areas of the world. And so that's built a strong uh, uh, bond between us. And it's easy to be resilient when you're part of a great team. So when you said, you know, one team, one fight, to me, yep. you know, that means a lot. That, that means so much. We, we wear the memorial bracelets for those that are fallen, but, but we're, we also have to remember to be there for those of us that are hurting because there's some of the people that got out that just can't process the fact that, that that rigorous environment is gone now and that 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 uh, uh, structure of the military might not be in their everyday lives. So how do you do that? How do you 
How do you separate from the military in a very kinetic role and then get back down to doing some? Does, does carry the load, does this work help you feel better uh, when you're not feeling so good about those other things? That, that's a question for anybody. I can answer that. Um, that I, I, people ask me, like, what do you miss about the military? And it's, it is that family aspect that, you know, anyone that's part of your unit, they are going to look, they're going to watch your six. They're going to be there for you. If you ask for help, they will be the first one in line. And so transitioning out, that was a, a gap that I saw, um, but it was immediately feel, filled, you know, the folks that carry the load and everyone that comes out to get involved. I mean, they want to help. They want to hear your story and, they just want to be a part of it. They want to be a part of your journey. So that's so great. Firsthand. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do uh, you remember uh, there was a great sniper, a Benny Alisea, I believe it was three, eight East coast guy, uh, been in a lot of scrums. And one day we were driving off of, uh, it might've been Quantico. And as we were coming off, uh, I said, so what happens to people that don't become a Marine? What about those, you know, people that didn't want to go into combat? And we were driving by a, a, a place that does some automotive work, and he goes, well, that guy right there and that guy right there. And, and he was pointing out some people that didn't choose to serve, but they can still serve. They can still serve by reaching out to a vet and saying thanks for your service. Or they can show up at an event like this or host an event or go to the, the Elks Club bingo that's supporting a local veterans organization. You know, so many vets uh, uh, right here in Grand Junction, Colorado, there's a, a huge uh, veterinary or, uh, veterans hospital. Veterinary clinic is down the road. So apparently that's on my mind because yeah. uh, horses and deer are parading around <laughs> the, the, the house now. But the idea was that a, a good friend of mine, Tim Gein, that works there, said, you have no idea how many benefits there are for veterans where the veterans, all they would have to do is show up. All they need to do is be in the system, and they don't know that. And you know why? Because a lot of veterans, we, we sort of pulled away from society. We were sort of afraid to say it. Like, like I, I'll still say on a plane, I'll give up my seat. I've never been in first class. I hear it's nice. But I'd give up my seat for a, a, a vet. And if I see somebody in uniform, I'll always take the time to go over and tell them thanks for their service. So uh, back to carry the load, I think this is a great chance if you don't know what to do to say thank you. This is a great chance to just go out there and, and start small. Yeah, and and that's a it's a great point. I just you you did forget one part about our story. The reason why we found out we Greg and I kept running into each other is that we both actually are we both have the same parole officer, so we're that part of the true. same work release program. Funny how the feathers still behavior. worked in Afghanistan. Yeah, so that yeah. he I noticed he had the same anklet on that I did that that leg bracelet, and I went, "Hey, are you?" And yeah, and then so now it's easier for them to track us, but. <laughs> But, but Debbie, I I, I kind of want to go to you too because I know you're you're overall you know a, a executive director of Carry the Load and you've done uh, you have a history doing nonprofit stuff so you've probably have experience with a whole bunch of different other organizations so from you what is it you know what I know you kind of talked about it briefly but what is it about Carry the Load that draws you to that and then yeah. and then what do you what do you what, what's the direction? What's next? Or what's what's down the road? Where where do you ultimately want to go with this? Let, let me add one to that. Uh, because all veterans have sort of a lexicon, a natural way of speaking, just like law enforcement and fire. And everybody on this call knows what I'm talking about. There's sort of this subtext to, to everything. Uh, Debbie, h- how did you overcome that at first? Because maybe they wouldn't let you in. How did you keep fighting and get there? And, and, and thank you for the, the great work that you do. But I think we'd be excited to hear. You know, whenever I got involved with Carry the Load, it, it I won't go through the whole story, but I went in to interview, and um, 
when I left a job I had been at for a long time, everything that came to me was military, helping military. And I was mm. like, I guess I'm helping military now. And so when I um, came to interview for the job, Clint Bruce actually asked me, he said, you know, a lot of people have great resumes. You've done a lot of stuff, you know, what have you. And he said, but I believe for you to be successful, you have to have passion. So what makes you passionate about helping military? And when he asked the question, every military family I had ever known and helped immediately was right in my throat. Right there. That's amazing. And I'm inside my head, I'm going, okay, you have to answer the question. You have to speak. I couldn't speak. And he stopped and he looked at me. And I, I stepped, stepped there what seemed like for five minutes, but I'm sure it was probably a minute. And he just said, it's okay, I can see it. Because my eyes immediately watered. And yep. you know, this has been the most humbling work that I have ever done. And as I said earlier, just being around people that, you know, put helping others ahead of helping themselves, um, it's just humbling. It's humbling work, and I'm honored. Every day I hear another story or learn another story or meet someone else that I'm just honored to be involved with. So, um, And as far as what's next, you know, as I've, this is my fifth year to be here, and I feel like we've done a lot of really great things over this last five years. They, they started with a great foundation for this organization. We've grown it to 365 days a year. Um, you know, obviously, this is our big awareness campaign is Memorial May. Uh, but we also, during that, that period of time, we raised money. The money that we raised peer-to-peer during the Memorial May events, we share with other nonprofits that provide direct services. Because, you know, and the guys, when they started, I have a lot of respect for them. Because when they started and they saw they were raising money, they could have said, look at us, we're raising money and kept them. This isn't our money. We need to be helping people with this money. And so every year we give away all our money, you know, and that was kind of a humbling thing to come. <laughs> well, you're like, well, I may not have a job in another month because we're giving away the money. But um, eventually we all believe that if it was meant to be, we continue to get the support. And, of course, having great corporate sponsors helps um, to fund a lot of what we do during May. And then we also have an educational program. You said you hadn't met Stephen Holly. He's an amazing young man, he has five children, and he said one of the unintended consequences of starting Carry the Load was bringing his older kids out every year and seeing who, you know, they would pin on their chest who they were carrying. His kids would look at these pictures and get to know who these people were that he served with, and so he realized, you know what, our generation hadn't done a good job of educating our kids, so we started an education program about a year ago to push out to the schools to try and teach them you know, inspire patriotism, but also to teach about sacrifice and service. So that's right. what Right. That's, 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 that's so wonderful to say, and I think that ties in, Brian, too. When we talk about uh, law enforcement professionals, when we talk about security professionals, when we talk about first responders, uh, Brian once uh, admonished me because uh, on our website – uh, he said, well, you know, you're putting the LE in with the security. And, and I do think one force, one fight. I think we're all in this together. And, and I think that awareness is the key. If you know, then you're more likely to get involved. And I will also say this, and what I've found uh, uh, is give till it hurts and then give some more. I mean, we're not making any money with the pod, podcast broadcast. We don't uh, uh, charge for our website. The the training that's on there and the education that people can get from the, the stuff is, is for the good of all community. So maybe you can't carry, uh, 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 you know, a bunch of rocks in your ruck, but you can carry the memory of somebody forward, and certainly Memorial Day is a perfect time to do that. 
Dallas is a perfect place, but you don't have to go to Dallas. You can do it in your own community. Clearly, uh, we see Hallie's in uh, what appears to be a jail cell somewhere up in uh, <laughs> Yeah, it does look like a booking room. I'm not going to lie. Know. I've like been you to wanted to mention, nothing, it has nothing to do with me. But She's there's not a photo me. or a picture or anything up there. So we're waiting for somebody to come in right away and give you your meds. Uh, so, our sheriff is going to walk by exactly. right now and look over and go, what are you doing? So. <laughs> but the idea is get out of your chair. And if you're a wheelchair, roll down to the local place. And if you're on crutches, it doesn't matter. If you have to call in, you can donate. If you can't give time give money because this is one of those things that is just right and there's no hidden agenda and there's nothing else uh, about uh, that that's simpler about helping uh, your fellow man and, and and mankind than than contributing and, and we've got a month so we, we we've got uh, what does it fall on i believe it's at the 27th of uh, uh next month so we got like a month and a couple of days I, i'm challenged with numbers yeah, numbers, uh, don't uh, numbers but, but go to the website and find out about that information. And if you want to know more about resilience, look to people uh, like Debbie and Hallie. If you want to know more about uh, Carry the Load, go to the, the carrytheload.org. And if you want to know more about uh, what, what Brian and I are doing on a podcast wearing these Walmart jackets, feel free <laughs> feel free to, to go to the local library and or post office and yeah. look on the wanted post. And there's some, but you can see it. I apologize. FBI.gov. And I'm serious. On there. So that being said, uh, I'll pass to Debbie or Haley. If you, if you have anything else you want to add, otherwise we can kind of wrap that up. I'll give you guys some time if there's anything else you want to add in here at Please. the end. But I think that's a pretty good spot. I guess the other thing I want to add is this is a very family-friendly environment. So I want to make sure that everybody understands that it's, yes, there's a bunch of crazy people like you guys out there, but um, but there's a lot of families out there. And so people, you know, bring your families to, to get involved. And uh, we do step off actually in Seattle on April the 26th or 25th. So um, it's coming up really quickly. And then in over Memorial Day in Dallas. So, yes, go to carrytheload.org. That's great. Haley, do you have uh, anything else to add? Uh, just lastly, I just want to say thank you again for you guys uh, to have us on here. And if you haven't participated in the past, anyone that listens to this, um, come out. I mean, it doesn't cost anything to sign up or even just show up. Um, just go to carrylow.org and learn more about the mission. That's well, on, on that, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up here. Thank you both for joining us. Uh, we appreciate your time. Anytime someone gives up their time, it's the most valuable thing that everyone has. So the fact that you share it with us, I really appreciate that. So thank you all. As they already said, go to carrytheload.org. If you want to uh, you know, learn more about what Greg and I do, uh, ArcadiaCognorati.com. Uh, you click on links below and listen in, download this stuff. Look, uh, You can download this on the Left of Greg podcast on iTunes. We're on there, so you can go ahead and download it and listen to it on your way into work or something. So thank you uh, both for coming on. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.